Welcome to the Simplify MuseCast. This week, we're talking about kids with intensive passions. I'm Farah, one of the muses here at Simplify. I'm going to talk about one of my sons. He's 13 years old, and he has a real passion for ballet. He got that passion, uh, began when he was about four years old, and he saw his first professional ballet performance. Of course, it was the Nutcracker. And he was literally on the edge of his seat, his eyes wide, just completely enthralled, uh, in love with the costumes and the pageantry and the dance. So soon thereafter, we enrolled him into a ballet program uh, for little kids, just a fun thing for him to do. But now, almost a decade later, he is up to three hours a day, (laughs) most days, uh, in a pre-professional program. Uh, that has a good track record for sending kids on to study dance in college and go into companies. Uh, He loves it so much. He is always happy to be at the studio dancing, and no matter what they ask of him, he works on it. Uh, He's not naturally the most uh, flexible or have the best toe line or turnout or all those things that you want with ballet. But he has worked hard to make his body do the things that he needs to be able to do. Um, He's also, because we live in a big city, had the opportunity to be on stage with some professional ballets at the Kennedy Center, like American Ballet Theater and the Royal Ballet. It's just a wonderful opportunity for him. I'm so glad that we homeschool because he's able to do these things and be involved in his passion and spend so much time on it and we can be flexible about his schooling. We don't have to uh, go heavy on school or it's never exam week when he's having a performance. (laughs) Um, And so we can be light on school when he's really busy. He never tires out uh, because of that and it's been really useful. It's also just sort of as a side bonus, it can be hard to be a boy who's into ballet and he never had to be picked on in school because of it. So that's our passion story. Suji, I think you have a really different one. Hi, Vera. Yes, thank you for that. Hi, everyone. I'm Suji. I homeschool an only child whom I will call Kiddo. For Kiddo, homeschooling was a fantastic opportunity to go deeper into math. And by deeper, I don't mean working on lots of math contests or math curriculum. Homeschooling allowed time for Kiddo to discover the passion that school would not have given Kiddo time for. It's quite ironic because this passion is a school subject. From about six years old, um, Kiddo started to love codes and ciphers and would be doing that all the time. Kiddo wanted and needed time to discover a very non-traditional approach to learning math. Math was a study of patterns for Kiddo. Um, You know, he wanted time to immerse himself in math, think about it, observe how numbers behave, how you can use colored tiles to create sequences where no two tiles of the same color or vertice was touching, things like that. In school, there was no way this could have happened. It would have been timed or split into just one math period a day, or it would have been focused around math competitions, which schools think are the best way for math-loving kids to learn math. It works for some kids, um, just not mine. It was not that my child hated problem solving or contests, it was that they wanted more time to think about problems than being timed and more time to observe math and patterns than to you know, simply solve problems all the time. 
This did not affect college applications, by the way, um, because you know Kido did get into college without all the math contest stuff. Uh, we were able to reduce time um, and homeschool in such a way that we used like an alternate block schedule for some other subjects like history and science, and this allowed us to set time aside for math. We also split math up into different sessions throughout the day. Um, this was very helpful for a younger child because as, as immersed and passionate as the child is, they do get tired sometimes and splitting you know, whatever it is into different sessions gives them time to recharge and come back to it feeling very fresh. So I gave kiddo a lot of time to watch math videos and read mass market, you know, math books written by mathematicians for adults um, instead of just using the standard curriculum. Uh, and we didn't just use textbooks, but we also attended college lectures that some of the universities around us put out for the community, for the public. Uh, Kido had a lot of time to research math ideas and unsolved problems, and to also work on collaborative projects that Kido would not have had time for if following a more traditional school schedule. Jill, tell us a little bit about your child and their passions. Hi everyone, my name's Jill. Um, I homeschool my 14-year-old son. He is a funny guy in that he hasn't had one passion his whole you know, young life. He's had several. He started out with writing and that consumed much of his younger years. Um, this merged to uh, filmmaking in his middle school years and recently he's discovered music, uh, specifically music production and composing. So the wonderful thing about homeschooling is it has allowed him to have time to discover things that he really cares about. And if he was in school, he wouldn't have had as much time. Um, on average, I'd say he spends about five hours a day on his creative pursuits. So homeschooling is wonderful that he has the time to do that. And um, the rest of the time he does his other subjects, it can be a battle sometimes for these passioned, consumed teenagers. And I think we're gonna talk about that a little more um, later in the podcast, but uh, homeschooling really has been a blessing for his passions. So Jill, how do you find that balance between passion and schooling? I know for us, it's been tricky sometimes to uh, figure out you know, when is it okay? How light can you go on the academics uh, when they're really working hard on something else, especially in the arts? Um, so I think in the elementary years, it's very easy. There's, you know, you can give up a lot. You don't have to be so scheduled in the subjects. And so it's much easier for them to have time for their art-based passion. The middle school years is really just a transition period. So you want time for you know, getting the writing skills up to par. You want some time for math. But there's a lot that can you know, be learned in different ways that don't take as much time as they would in a school. High school years, I think, is where it gets a little tricky because you want to be able to award the credits for the transcript, but you want them to still have time for all their passions. And you know, these passions will get them into really good colleges if they're at a high level. So you don't want to let it go. But you still want them to have their math credit, their foreign language credit, their English credit. And the truth is today they're going to be competing against a lot of kids who have uh, really have developed their talents to a high level and also have an amazing transcript. So you have to find the balance. And it can be difficult. I think you have to 
um, you know, allow some subjects to be met in different ways that, that don't take as much time. Or, you know, do some work on the weekends or do, you know, do, do a credit in the summer when they're not busy. There's a lot of ways to do that. What do you think, Suji? Yeah, and I wondered too, Suji, for you, I mean, for us, we, it's is time. We have to create that time and homeschooling lets us do that. But it sounds like uh, your kid was so interested in one topic. How did you help keep them well-rounded? That's a good question, Farah. And like Jill, I feel that it was not extremely hard in the younger years. At that time, I did not think too much about high school credits or college applications, right? It was heartwarming to see my child love to learn. And, you know, math is an academic subject. So, you know, it, it was kind of nice to see that happening without my prodding. Um, what was hard was to keep the kid challenged. I think when kids drive their education, they can end up surpassing expected levels very quickly. And then the parent might have to scramble to keep up. Thankfully, you know, we have communities out there now and resources and services like Simplifies to help. It was hard later on when it was time to start recording high school level work. For a good two years of high school, the freshman and sophomore year, my kiddo had a very lopsided transcript with many math credits and none to very few English and history credits. It was hard to have faith that things will eventually even out a little, but you know, they did because my child started to realize what they needed to do in order to apply to college. And if I had always interfered with that and we had butted head with, you know, head, heads with each other, I think they might have resisted my prompting just for the sake of resisting, like how teenagers tend to do that. But because my child realized it on their own and, you know, owned the whole process of immersing themselves in the passion, they realized in order to go into a career in academia to become a math professor, you do need to end up doing your other subjects as well to fulfill your general ed credits. Um, you know, some kids don't feel this need until later, and that ends up being a personal pathway. There are many ways to work through it, like Jill said, and parents need to know that there are options, even if your child is very spiky, um, if your child's transcript does not look well-rounded, there are, you know, options to work with that. And sometimes a lopsided transcript ends up being a good thing. It sets a child apart. It, it seems like Jill has a thought about that, too. I just wanted to say I totally agree with Suji. And my son's 14. He's starting his high school years. And most of his credits right now are music-based. We have uh, music theory which is a full credit. He's in band, which will probably be an extracurricular. He's doing piano lessons, he's composing. He just started a course on history of the 1960s through music. So we're not hitting the science yet. We were gonna do that in the summer. We're just gonna do a quick run through it. You just have to, you have to follow their lead kinda and then still keep the transcripts in your mind. Like when can I hit science? When can I hit history? you know, when can I hit these other subjects that he's not hitting? And then just trust in the process and trust that they will come to realize as 14 is still young, 15 is still young, ninth and 10th graders, they sometimes don't get it yet. By the time they're juniors or seniors, they really wanna to go to college and they're like, I need to own this, this is what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna add these credits. Yeah, this is really different for us because I'm not involved in this passion at all, really, uh, other than as the checkbook and <laughs> the drop-off and the uh, calendar organizer. <laughs> um, and, and that's going to continue. I know that uh, because we're at such a good pre-professional studio, though, 
they do their own college counseling and uh, suggestions. And so if your child is, uh, you know, at, at a very serious dance studio or some art studios or, you know, some, some passions, they're going to get that kind of support for, you know, careers going forward through that. So for us, the homeschooling is just about how can we get all the other stuff done um, and leave enough room for this because kids end up dropping out when they don't have, uh, when they have to go through a full school schedule and they don't have time to do a really serious uh, program. Yeah, Suji? I completely agree. And I love how, you know, with homeschooling, children can realize who they are meant to be because, you know, how people always tend to ask you think questions like, you're homeschooling, what will your child do when it, you know, when the time comes for real life? And you're looking at them and thinking, but my child is immersed in real life. You know, they're already yes. immersed in what they're probably going to become when they're older. And even if they change their minds, I mean, so do we adults, you know, we adults are always, you know, trying out different things to see where we fit. And I love hearing that story, Farah and Jill, because our kids are doing what they want to do, you know, and what they're meant to be doing probably. And they're able to do it in in freedom, you know, without their schedules being dictated by, you know, a rigid bell schedule. So uh, any last thoughts or last bits of advice, Jill? Um, I would say one thing I wanted to add was that not all kids have these deep passions, and that's okay too. I've got one who loves everything on a you know artificial level almost and hasn't dug deep into too many things, and that is fine. That's another kind of homeschool kid. So I just wanted to add, if your student hasn't found a passion or doesn't have any great talent that they've discovered yet, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, homeschooling works for all different types of kids. Right. I, I agree with that, definitely. And I would also say that if you do have a child who has, you know, some very intense passions, especially when they're younger, I, I guess your role would be to provide them resources as whatever you can afford, you know, uh, don't try to go overboard with it. I think the most important thing in the younger years, honestly, is to get out of their way. Because I made a mistake once and I tried to ply my, you know, kiddo with resources for another subject that kiddo loved which was chemistry and now kiddo wants nothing to do with chemistry because I think I went overboard a little bit and that taught me a lesson and you know helped me to stay back a little bit and be more um, gung-ho probably about not getting too involved in the math journey it's when the kids are older I think that one of the skills you want to teach them is probably to learn how to finance their passions because it's going to start getting expensive in you know depending what the passion is if they're into music production you'll have to spend on software you know if they're into math you might have to spend on software there again or books Um, so it helps for them to also learn to take some ownership over that financially as well I would add to that I think that's so important and I think as teenagers that's a really important time to do that for instance my son has started putting his music up online uh, in hopes of selling it in hopes of making some money you know in hopes of upgrading his studio so there's a lot of motivation there and if you get out of the way they'll figure it out that's really great advice, and I I also second that. I also have one kid who is more of a renaissance kid, who has a lot of different interests, 
Uh, and I also, we've talked in our house a lot about what if uh, ballet is not <laughs> uh, going to play the bills, then what happens next? Um, and so I think I've tried to to be there for that passion uh, without the judgment of it has to turn into something professional eventually, that it's a worthy passion just in and of itself. And uh, the process of being dedicated to it is worthwhile just on its own. Uh, And that's been, for me, a process for me to realize, especially for something that won't necessarily ever uh, be financially lucrative. So that's it for us. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Uh, this, Thank thanks, you. Yeah. This MuseCast is brought to you by Simplify Homeschool and College Counseling. Visit us at our brand new website, www.simplify4u.com. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-F-Y, and then the number 4-Y-O-U.com. Our intro and outro music was composed by Decca Harper, a kid with a passion. You can find his music on Bandcamp. Production help from Truffaut Harper. Join us next time when we're going to talk about high school credits. How do they work? How to award them? Thanks.